Awesome, guys. Awesome. So let's uh, dive into a little bit of questions here. Um, We'll start with a basic easy one. When did you guys start playing together, and how did you guys start playing together? I guess the quick and easy way to put it is we had this, like, band formulating, and then Duncan and Zach came into the picture, and it was like, let's record this. So we sat in our friend's basement who was studying abroad in Germany that summer and we just recorded it all. And now we've been playing ever since. That was probably, this has got to be like three years ago? It's getting close to it. Two and a half to three at this point, yeah, for sure. Three maybe in the like this summer, spring coming. Something like that. Yeah. The, the earliest dates where it was kind of the, the conspicuous high standards idea was probably 2015. Um, and then uh, we linked up 
with Zach and Duncan about two and a half, three years ago, recorded the album, released it, and been, uh, been playing and recording and writing since. Cool. So since that time, would you guys say that your sound or like your kind of dynamic has changed at all? Or like, how has it developed since then? I would say definitely, but I'd like, uh, Duncan and Zach to comment on that as they've kind of had to jump in both feet and then they've kind of facilitated most of that change, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when we came into the band, uh, I mean, it's been a while now, but when we first came in, like a lot of the songs had already been written and they were they were great songs, which is why we joined the band. But, uh, you know, this next album we're in the middle of, we're halfway done recording, you know, it's been all four of us writing the songs and I mean, it's a little bit different. I think, uh, you know, it's real similar to the first album, but I think Zach and I probably brought some new influences to it. Um, we both have some background in, like, jazz and, you know, other music like that, and I think we bring a little bit of that and others. And, uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see tonight that first song we played is the only song from our first album that we're playing tonight, and all the rest of it is all... Um, been recorded for the next album and also we have one that we haven't recorded yet and we just finished up shoot we haven't even played it live so yeah i mean the way that all happened i mean duncan hit it on the head it was just like we came in and there were already just there was already good music it existed we didn't have to you know pull these pieces together we had a full set it was like three weeks later him and i were comfortable with enough of the music where we went and played a show and, you know, so it was just, it was super quick. You could tell it was meant to happen with how fast it happened. It was just like, we got into the music and it was like two months later. It was like, we need to record this because this is, this is special. This is cool. And so now writing our own music all together is like a whole new, it's a, it's, it's, it's a whole new experience. It's a full undertaking. You have to be very open to others' opinions. You know, you can't, I mean, the way that the way the writing process kind of works will come in and someone will have an idea. And then we just, we all workshop it, you know, and it all, it forms from all of us. I mean, I don't know how many songs we've actually had fully written and we just said, this is the song. So it's, you know, a lot of workshopping, a lot of going back and changing small, small things, small, small things that just make the whole experience completely different. Even with the old songs, we're finding new ways to play them, so... Keeps and even it fresh. when we did have that one song done, literally the day before we went in to record it, we changed this one part, and we we're like, "No, we gotta make this one part like a little bit different, better." Like, oh yeah, there we go. Let's just add a part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it it came together really nicely, and because because we're so open to each other like that, we can we can we can make a quick audible like that the day before an important studio date. I didn't necessarily sing the notes like perfectly that time, but like. Maybe do that again. <laughs> it's pretty good. I played one or two wrong notes. It's okay. <laughs> That's rock and roll. I, I didn't play any wrong notes. <laughs> we call them rude. Rude notes. <laughs> okay, well, whenever you guys are ready, if you want to play one of those new songs you got going. For sure. Yeah, this is a song that is, like, about conspicuous bystanders, about, like, our our little fam here, so... Get on, get on it.
might be trouble, but I don't mind. Cause if I'm right here, they won't leave me behind. Yeah. And trouble ain't so bad when you're standing hand in hand with your band. Right beside me. 
Awesome, thanks guys. In case you missed it, this is The Basement on Impact 89 FM, bringing you the best music Michigan has to offer, and we are still in the studio with Conspicuous Bystanders. So, you guys have a really cool fusion of sounds from like older blues and hard rock bands to new, like more modern indie rock. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about some of your influences? Well, all that blues rock stuff, I mean... Led Zeppelin's my favorite. I love, like, the Stones and, I mean, yeah, Stones, Guns N' Roses, Hendrix, and uh, Led Zeppelin are probably, like, my, my four where it's, like, that's where I kind of draw the most inspiration from. I, I want to listen to one band, actually, now. <laughs> and it's that, this one, right? It's, Z, it's ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah! I can hear it in your music. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. So you guys said that you had a little bit of a jazz background, or maybe more than a little bit. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? And I can definitely hear it in yeah. your songs, absolutely. Yeah, all, all those wrong notes, that's the jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Uh, Duncan and I both went to MSU, and we studied jazz Ooh. studies here in the fantastic MSU Jazz Studies program. Oh. Go green. Go white. <laughs> Under the oh, direction yeah. of uh, the distinguished university professor, Rodney Whitaker. Doctor Rodney Whitaker. Go blue. <laughs> Emmett, Emmett's a hater because he went to Michigan, but I don't hate. Savage. I love you guys. We let him have that. But yeah, uh, just a shout out to the jazz program. I don't know if many people know they just went to New York City and competed in the first ever Jack Rudin Jazz Championship really? and placed top three overall in the country over certain New York conservatories who will not be named. <laughs> their, their initials are Juilliard and MSM. <laughs> so yeah, you know, shout out to them. They did an excellent job. You know, something to be really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Got a lot of that Spartan pride in this room, 100%. So, do you guys, this is kind of what I want to know. Um, I know that you guys have played at a lot of co-ops, and I know that it's gone late into the night. So, I'm wondering if you guys have any, like, post-show rituals, or, like, <laughs> yeah. Pizza. Yeah, I was going to ask what your favorite fast food is Unfilmed to eat afterwards. mukbang, yo. <laughs> like, r ravaging food. That's our post-show ritual. Absolutely. I figured it Plus would Plus other be. stuff, but ravaging a lot of food. You Domino's, cheesy bread. Yeah, mm. I was about to say, either you stock up before, but at like 2.33 a.m., the, the pickings are actually really slim. Domino's mm -hmm. Conrad comes through. Conrad saved the day <laughs> last weekend, as did Domino's, so... Send that sponsorship over here. Honestly, <laughs> straight up, my uh, my after show ritual is like go outside and try to cool off. It mm, gets so hot, and it's like drenched in sweat every time. Yeah. Do you guys have any traditions that you do before shows? Any pre-show stuff? We yeah, ignore each other. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, we're pretty good about just you know vibing out with each other before we even get on stage. You know, that was the tour we did this summer was really cool for that because we had the. I mean. There was nowhere to go. It was like you hung out with the band, and that's what you did. I mean, not like in the bad sense, but just like you, you learned like what makes everybody comfy before the show and how to make sure everyone's in the right mindset. Mm. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about that tour? It was on the East Coast, to my knowledge. Yeah. It was so dope. There's like no other way to put it. It was everything that we... I, that I would want a first tour to be. I mean, like we got to hang out with friends we stayed with friends like basically every night unless we were like on our way somewhere in the middle of nowhere and you like get a hotel there but and then also we went to Niagara Falls and <laughs> had a good old time there we didn't play any shows but we just 
just uh, experienced. Gambled. Yeah. <laughs> we gambled in a casino. It was um, sweet. It was 2,400 miles over 10 days. We booked it all ourselves and, you know, had to, you know, coordinate artwork and stuff. We loved that poster. Uh, Liberty Fetz did that for us, and it, 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 was, it was awesome. So it kind of gave us an idea of kind of the scope for how much work goes into a tour. Um, and, you know, you certainly learn a whole heck of a lot along the way. Um, we got the right size van, 12-person passenger van for the four of us. Allowed plenty of space and all Whole the gear. Whole back row for my makeup. It's the way to go. Snacks from Costco. <laughs> Lots of snacks. Costco snacks. Red Trail Bull. Mix. Red Bull. Zach can't drive uh, a rented car. He's not old enough yet. Nope. So I'm the baby of the band. <laughs> a- A1 Navigator when he's awake, though. That's... I got all the dope podcasts. Emmett's scared to trust me and Duncan as the drivers, and so he mostly just drove. <laughs> Dun- Duncan maybe flipped, almost flipped the car the first day. The very Ooh. first day. Those, the Appalachian Mountains, man, they just come up real fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. AKA those ex- the highway exit. <laughs> those, those exits, like, the exit at like sixty miles an yeah, hour. Well, we have places to be. But I mean, I think I think overall with the tour, I think the goal was achieved. Um, it was certainly ambitious in the sense that we played. We did seven shows. So we played five cities that we had never played before. Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. You know? And we so we hadn't played Detroit either at that point. We hadn't? Oh, okay. Well, I guess we hadn't played Detroit either. So so six cities that we had never played before. And, I mean, in my mind, I kind of knew they weren't going to like be packed full of people the entire New York was popping off. <laughs> the venue in New York City was kind of small, so the 40 people that were there packed it up, and it was like... It was an excellent experience. Loading in and loading out was terrible, but mm. the show was excellent. But yeah, to me, the goal was just getting on stage seven times and playing seven good shows. Just yeah. making sure that we had the energy and you know the imagination, the energy and the creativity to do it. And I think we hit it on the head. And as far as I'm concerned, we really haven't played a quote-unquote bad show since. Awesome. Yeah, I would say for me, it was like definitely with the way that I sing, is it sustainable? Can I do that three nights in a row? And I was able to learn that. Yeah, absolutely. I can do that three nights in a row. No problem. So awesome. Yeah. Well, when when you're ready to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's coming. Oh, it's it's on the horizon. I mean, do we want to touch on that real quick? What do we want to do? Uh, we're 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 trying to book some some out of town runs for like long weekends, uh, the end of April and March. Um, plenty and plenty of emails, many of which go unanswered, and that's just the grind. But uh, we're also really focused on recording now, so you know, uh, you know, we jet out to Minneapolis. Jet being in a van, <laughs> not in a jet. <laughs> not for some time, probably. Yeah, <laughs> booking tours is a total grind. Private Jet's the third album, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, hoping for Geffen Records, something like that. Speaking mm-hmm. of the grind, our next song is the song that we haven't played for, for anyone yet. Ooh. And it's called The Grind. And... It's a good transition. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He was like, The Grind. I'm like, oh, word, The Grind? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's to hoping, like, goes good. <laughs> Might be a little rough around the edges. It's fine. We It'll be great. It like two weeks ago. Woo. 
Oh, you know that it's a grind. This same damn shit a different day. And I know it's gonna be inevitably a real rough ride, long days, long nights, a real rough ride. And I worked so hard, but felt so
Wow. That was awesome, guys. Woohoo! Woo! How did how did you guys feel about that? First time playing it. Sorry about the news. Real good. Really good. Felt all right. I missed like two chords. It's fine though. <laughs> it was sweet. It was super sweet. That's awesome, guys. So, while you guys were doing that, what where does your mind go when you're playing shows and when you're playing songs? Like, what are you, are you thinking about? Anything? Is it absolutely blank? Like, what's going on up in those heads? I can't speak for these fellas, but like, I'm thinking about a, a lot of things. I'm trying to think about the right things. For one, it's really easy to think about uh, stuff you shouldn't be thinking about up there. <laughs> but uh, just trying to, I guess the things I'd want to be thinking about are, for me, obviously my pitch, because I'm not Dolly Parton and I can't just like open my mouth and all the perfect stuff comes out. And like what, what like I'm playing, you know, like what the song is, like why did I write these words? What does this mean? Why am I singing this to these people? I'm thinking about all that shit the whole time. <laughs> when, I, when I'm on my game, I'm thinking like, you know, a measure ahead. And then it's just kind of like playing. So it's almost like having the switch off, but just being like, you know, not, not you know, struggling to play the immediate thing. And it's just that's doing its thing while you're kind of ahead. So you're never kind of guessing. Like, when, I'm, when it's really clicking for me, that's how I think. But also, you know, uh, you know, I'm jumping over some monitor, so I'm obviously being like, I hope I don't, like, bust my <laughs> knee up or anything or, like, sprain my messed up ankle again. <laughs> Something like that. So, fearing for my life slightly. Sometimes I'm thinking about the earring that fell out and where it is. Oh and I'm looking. <laughs> if you ever see me looking around on the ground, I probably either lost my earring or z. Or I lost my earplugs. Hey, Jenna, there's, it's at your feet. I'm That's kidding. It's not even funny. <laughs> How often does that happen? Is that a very recurring thing? Well, um, when I had my locks, like my really long hair, uh, yeah, it happened all the time because they would just like push. My earplugs have like a little probably like centimeter that sticks out of your mm -hmm. ear and it would just get knocked and... And I have, like, this weird issue where I forget to take them out. We'll be, like, chilling outside after the show, and I'll be like, oh, my God, I still have my earplugs in. That's why I lose them. You only got one in. That's how it goes. So kind of on that same topic of uh, onstage goof-ups, do you ever... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Do you ever have a moment you're standing on stage, everything's going great one minute, suddenly it is not just... Things are going off the tracks, mess-ups happening left and right. How do you deal with situations like that? The uh, show must go on. Just yeah, don't stop. The show must go on. Yeah. I don't want to, like, hog the microphone, but I don't feel like that's ever been the case where there's, <laughs> like, literally it's unstoppable badness. But, like, for sure there'll be a moment where I'm standing up there and, like, the pin to my debit card, which every now and then <laughs> I just go to do it, and I'm like, what is it? <laughs> you use this every day. What is it? And I'll feel the same way about the lyrics. I'm like, you know these lyrics, like, but you just, if you overthink something mm -hmm. too much, right? you know, and then you're just up there. So like Duncan said, you just go with it. Like I've learned to just like, don't think about it that hard. If the right lyrics don't come out, let some other ones come out. Like, don't stop playing. Yeah. It's actually the don't, that's, don't that's look at the crowd like, you, they, like they yeah, can yeah, tell yeah. you the lyrics. If it's gone totally <laughs> sideways, play the one. 
and then everybody can regroup. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to go on a little quoting spree here. Um, <laughs> to quote one of the guys from the Black Keys, I think it was the drummer, Pat, uh, one of the things he said in the podcast with Joe Rogan I thought was really interesting is he sometimes gets on stage. He has anxiety problems, and he says he gets on stage and he wonders, what would happen if I just just didn't play? <laughs> like, what would happen if we counted the song off and I just I didn't start playing? And then, I mean, I, I have that mentality when I like when I start making mistakes. My natural reaction, because when I practice, I make a mistake, I stop. So when I make a mistake on stage, sometimes I want to just stop and restart. And then I, that's when that comes to mind. What if I just stop playing? What if I just stopped right now? And it's 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 kind of a demon. You got to get away from that, and you got to go for it. To quote some other stuff, as far as to answer your last question, what's going through my head? Um, to quote the 8020 drummer on YouTube, he's a really good guy, puts drum instructional videos. I've been checking out some of his stuff recently. He quotes, I want to say, the Dalai Lama or someone, someone very prolific and important. And he says, you know, that the more you think, it's like, the Dalai Lama quotes on meditation says, the more you try to meditate, the further you are from it. So, like, I try not to think about, okay, I got a beat in the groove. Am I in the groove? Because the more I'm thinking about that, the further I am mm -hmm. from it. The more I'm trying to be what, trying to be the groove, the, you know, the more I'm not doing that. So he just says, you just have to, you don't see what you want to do, you just see clearly. So like Emmett said, I try to think about the song as a whole. I try not to think of just the one part. And it helps me remember where I am, and then I can orchestrate across the drums in a way that helps to push us into the next section. So more of like a holistic approach as a band instead of just like exactly where you are right now. It's kind of like how your piece is going to be fitting in where everyone else is. Well, I mean, we're definitely exactly where we are right now. The whole, the mm -hmm. whole, the whole mindset is that this is the moment we're in and mm -hmm. that this moment will never come again. So it's like if I have to always serve the moment, I can't just serve. Like when I see a video of a band playing a song and they play all the same solos and all the same stuff and it's just to the T like the record, it's like... Mm -hmm. They're serving this itch that the audience members have to hear what they've already heard. I don't. I personally don't agree with that. I think we should we should try to create every time we play. I cool. think because that because then you get to share something special with the audience. You don't just share the same thing they've heard a million times. They get mm -hmm. to hear you in a new, in a new way. Mm -hmm. I think we play like that as like a all in meditation in the moment type situation where like. I know that if I do something weird, if Duncan does something weird, Zach, Emmett, any of us, everyone else is going to be there like, oh, this is weird. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, like, and just, just with it, like, not like, oh, my God. Yeah, I miss That's the... not what we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, I miss, like, the first five chords at the Vesta show. Like, yeah. I just, like, read the set list wrong. <laughs> Started the wrong song, and it went sideways. And I didn't even notice, so... Hey. Five seconds later, we were right back where we needed to be, so it was just like, you know. I was probably looking for my earrings. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Gotta be in the moment. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, I was oh, looking yeah. for that cord. I'm like, hey, can you grab that little <laughs> square thing that you see on the floor right there? She's like, this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I totally agree with everything Zach said that we – like the more if you overthink it things go wrong just the right amount of light thinking like you're mm -hmm. trying to meditate where you just have like a subject on your mind but you're not actively creating thoughts and that plays into what Emmett said which is like some days that's like really easy and some days mm -hmm. maybe like 
a lot is going on and like staying in that open space is so hard and I'm sure we all know about that in our day recording like just trying to stay in that space when you record is so hard because I mean you're just trying to get this perfect foundational take mm -hmm. for which you, like upon which you can just build the rest of the track um, and, it, and it's just such a contrast from live where you kind of just keep chopping it's like all right you missed a, a note fine whatever get to the next one they're about to be like a couple thousand that you're about to play so figure out those well when you're ready you can go ahead and get into your next song well no need to wait over me uh, ah. is that the name of it yeah. uh, good one <laughs> just but it's like wait like wait oh you know like on your shoulders two puns in <laughs> one yeah she she wiling <laughs> We have a we have a three pun limit, so use your last one wisely. Yeah, good thing I'm not good at puns, so <laughs> I know that seems shocking right now, but yeah.
but I ain't got no time for tears. No, I'm not broken. Oh, every time I get some peace, life kicks me back down on my knees. So I long to be free, but I got this weight over me. And I Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> Wherever you're listening from, give a round of applause for conspicuous bystanders. They won't hear you, but they will feel it in their hearts. We love that. So what I want to know is, if conspicuous bystanders was a movie, what movie would Ooh. you guys be? Ooh. Oh my god, um, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just said that. Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Sands, All the Murder. Not including <laughs> it? That's Not every Tarantino yeah, without, without the murder. Mm. What else what is, is Reservoir yeah. Dogs? That's when they're all wearing the super cool suits and they all have code names uh, and their colors. Mr. A picture Blue. of Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> just Basically. a picture of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a full movie, just the, po- the picture of the it. The poster where they're all walking down the street in the black suits, black ties, oh. black Ray-Bans. I think mm. that's us. just which, like... Which one of you would be Steve Buscemi then? <laughs> Duncan. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um... I feel like just like our genre, we would be like a lot of movies mixed together. Ooh. A lot of different types of movies mixed together. Just because we all bring a lot of different stuff to the table, and all the stuff we bring is totally everywhere. Kind of like our music. I think our music reflects that. Like, good luck finding a chorus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're not in it for the, the hook or the chorus. <laughs> we got hooks. We, uh, don't, we, yeah. don't have, we don't have the same. I hope you're not in it for a repeated hook. So spinning off of that, if you feel like collectively as a whole you guys are a bunch of different movies, what do you think individually your life movie would be? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh Deep God. questions on this. I like that. Easy Rider with a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Pulp Fiction. That's Pulp intense, fiction. man. <laughs> That's your life? That's intense, yeah. It's pride effing with you. 
That's real. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Interesting. I always have a towel on me. It's, oh. in, my, it's in my snare drum case. And I always don't panic. I want to revise there my answer. Uh, definitely the Princess Bride. <laughs> Good choice. Oh. My final what answer. That? What's the reasoning behind that? Just, that's our vibe. Just because. That's my vibe. That's it. Duncan is actually, Duncan's actually immune to poison. Oh, <laughs> oh that, that's the detail I left out, actually. Yeah, that's the, that's the big reason. I just saw um, Little Women, the new one that came out. And, like, I effing loved that movie. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, honestly the first... Because it's kind of... It's hard for me because, like, you know, I'm, like, I'm a sex in the city. But also, like, <laughs> that's not all of me. Like, where's, mm-hmm. the, like, the hard part of that? Yeah. So I think... Little Women was nice. It was it was all of the soft things, but all of the hard things. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was amazing. Loved it. I definitely agree with you on that. Yes! That was a fantastic movie. <laughs> My uh, mom was like, you know, how movies all the time shift like uh, like mm-hmm. time frames. So like you've got like five different time frames happening and you're jumping from time to time. My mom's like. I just can't keep up with it. I'm like, that's just the world we live in now, man. Yeah, every movie, every show, just like five timelines. Like, good luck, man. You got to better know what haircut everybody has at <laughs> yeah. what time. Because, like, that's, that's your only it. bet. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I'll teach you, Mom. Teach you the ways. So we were actually talking about the different movies that are up for Oscars right now. Have you guys checked out? Any of those? Are you keeping up to date with what's nominated? For Seen sure. Them? What's what's nominated? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I'm someone who's <laughs> not up to date. The Irishman. We oh, loved Once Upon it. a Time in Hollywood. Uh, oh, that was a good one. Uh, yeah. But, like, honestly, we've been so busy lately. We haven't seen, like, a lot of movies. We prioritize that Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> also, we saw Star Wars twice. Not up for an award. <laughs> twice? What yeah. about Cats? Did you guys see no, Cats? No, but I no. want to see Cats. Oh, I do too. I do want to see. Well, maybe we should have a date, Gia. Well, they're out of theaters now. <laughs> well, like, uh, they took it out of theater. Already? Room. Yes, I, already. I would watch that from the comfort of my own yeah. couch. I don't yeah, want to sure. pay for it, honestly. We're really big <laughs> see, TV. We can just do it there. Absolutely. I'm not entirely certain. I think Cats is coming to the Warden Center this oh year. Ooh. With Taylor Swift? or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I might be wrong on that. <laughs> a lot of good shows at the Warden Center. Judy Dench. Hand. Are there any other really bad movies you saw this year that you just want to get off your chest, complain about a little bit? I, mean, I, 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 saw, I just don't understand how Emperor Palpatine came back. I just don't understand that. <laughs> no, no, we can't. Okay, we can't. I can't not even have this discussion with you right now. We'll be here now, the rest Duncan. of the, the, the hour. Do we have to put a that. spoiler <laughs> warning up? It had to happen. Is it? Yeah, it's on the poster. It's, it's in the opening it's scroll. All it's come on. Because what else makes a villain more evil than being the evilness behind all of the evilness that you didn't know was still lurking? Dang. Is this Star Wars? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't, <laughs> on, I don't know. on another note. Palpatine! <laughs> I, saw, I saw 1917. I thought that was excellent. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I didn't care for the ending as much, but the, the no cinematography. Spoilers. No, no. The cinematography of it was absolutely fantastic. It feels like. There's only it feels like there's only one break in the entire film. Wow. And it's like the guy falls in like a river. So obviously so it, it's like a camera. feels like a one shot kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, Whoa. it's it's done exceptionally yeah. well and they'll do like the thing where they kind of spin around mm-hmm. the center part like the target whatever it is so you can see that there's like no equipment there to help create the shot. These guys are just kind of freehanding it. That's pretty I mean cool. obviously they have Wild. thousands and thousands of millions of dollars worth of equipment but like the way I mean it was just executed incredibly well. 
Wow. And then I just saw The Joker the other day, finally, still in theaters. What'd you think about that? Oh. Because I, I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. It's great. It's 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 not as intense as some people put it out to be. Okay. There I go, like my mother. She's like, oh, don't watch that. Yeah, people are tripping. <laughs> people are really tripping. Thanks, Karen. Karen was uh, not, not impressed with The Joker. But, but I thought it was great. I thought it made a lot of really good comments. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I feel like I saw a lot of parallels in that, which was kind of scary. Absolutely. But I definitely necessary. recommend it. Definitely go see it, Jenna. Will do. Okay. Try to see Star Wars the third time. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you can reveal yet about the timeline when we can expect the album coming out? 2020. <laughs> before the summer, summer. Before the like heart of summer, Conspicuous Bystanders 2020 album two will be out yeah, also on the hottest day of summer whenever that mm. is you'll be clock me <laughs> we're hiring a meteorologist actually. yeah, yeah. Uh, them on the road. yeah we've got a mixing session on february 1st um and we're hoping to get uh, a couple singles mixed and yeah. then have those ready for release before the semester's over yeah that's you'll be hearing something official not that's not the whole album before the that summertime situation so we just we don't want to rush anything you know leave room for uh making it what we want it to be but yeah i mean it's coming it's halfway done it's it's coming you only make the album once mm. and then it's done and invest the time in it and do yeah. it right and this is a big year this is 2020 this is election year things are getting crazy already it's only oh. january um Conspicuous Bystanders is pretty uh, politically and socially passionate uh, about a lot of things um, for whatever reason. If you ever want to talk to us, you know, we got our reasons. And we have one last song that is our definitely most political song. Not the only one, but the, the most mm -hmm. political one. Uh, yeah. Go I don't for know. it. Remember, you might need to amend that line. Just be I so, that's kind of why I stopped. I was like, and there's maybe a line I should say differently. Radio edit. <laughs> Radio edit. Um, all right. Separate to give and take 
sorry. Wow, guys, that was spectacular. That was really, really great. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So we are getting close to the end of our time together. Is there any last things you guys would like to say? I feel like there's definitely something. No, no, I don't know. I'm incredibly thankful that that y'all hit us up for this opportunity and being the first the first basement band of oh. of the decade of the decade 2020 thank for, you you posted that on like twitter i was like oh, for real oh my goodness absolutely what a what a what a spectacular uh fact and wdbm does an excellent job i'll oh, say that thank you this so is, much this is probably my third or fourth time on the basement yeah. and every time it's always super easy oh. everyone's super helpful it's, well, it's stimulating conversation stimulating music it's just really positive and a great thing that michigan state's got going on well thank you guys so much for coming on i we're so thankful here to have you guys and you guys played a fantastic show again also stimulating conversation very great conversationalist i will say oh yeah speaking of things i want to like let you know before we leave is like sorry about all the lipstick on the cover of this mic (laughs) It's I even very wore pink. like something nude-ish <laughs> today, but there it is. I see it. I'm sure it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> little little uh, Dr. Bronner's little soft <laughs> soft rub. We'll get it taken get care it of. right out. No big deal. Yeah, L- use the lavender smelling one. It's good. Great. Okay. <laughs> well, I believe this concludes our first basement show of 2020 of the wonderful decade. I am Gia. I am Matt. I am Jenna. 
Duncan. Zach. Emmett. And we are Conspicuous Bystanders. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a good night.